How is everybody tonight? So I wanted to record this talk for some people because I know I had a lot of interests and questions about Amish education already. And one of the things is that there's a lot. So I kind of have put together a few things, which is like just, just a few. Anyways, I don't think this is going to work very well the way that it is, so here we go. Let me do this. Ah, there we are. That's better. So much better. Give me just a second. I got to fix this because, you know, we're not exactly prepared properly. Maybe. There. This is better. There. That looks better. Here we are. So, hi. Good evening. My, my name is Barry, as many of you know. Hi, Lori. How you doing? And I was born and raised in, in, ooh, in, in Old Order Amish communities. I lived in an Ape Troyer Amish community as well. I attended five different Amish schools and obtained an Amish eighth grade education in three different communities in 2004. At the age of 19, I escaped my Amish community. So today we're talking about a brief overview of Amish education and things that can affect you with the Amish education. Historically, Amish children attended public schools up until compulsory education laws were enforced, making them have to attend public school past the eighth grade. This led up to a Supreme Court case called Wisconsin versus Yoder in 1972, wherein three Amish families were fined for refusing to send their children past eighth grade. It resulted in them being legally allowed to have their own schools called parochial schools, as well as not necessarily attending public schools. And it's important to note that prior to the ruling, some Amish did already have parochial schools. That is what the picture, the cornfield picture is about. The Amish children are running from people trying to bus them to the public schools. Today's Amish schools may vary from community to community. Um, however, and from school to school, however, we only had one-room schoolhouses where all eight grades were taught in all of the communities I lived in. Our curriculum was governed by the school board with oversight from the ministry. And some communities may have something called the book committee providing curriculum oversight. The contents of our curriculum were English read reading, writing, phonics, arithmetic, Hi, German. And in the last school I attended, we had some history and geography at the end of our schooling. 
Many of our school books were published by an Amish publishing company called Pathway Publishers, by the Amish for the Amish. Further, I had school books that had pages stapled together, pages ripped out, pages glued together and blacked out portions with permanent markers. The content was heavily moderated by the above authorities in the church. We had no science or health education. I had teachers that only had obtained an eighth grade education similar to my own Amish education. The qualifications to be a teacher were sometimes as minimal as wearing a good dress that's well within the church rules. Some communities may actually require teachers to be church members. Others do not, and that results in some teachers being minors. We were taught to seek counseling from the ministry who are ordained by lot with an eighth grade education as above. This can create further harm as ministry does not have access to information about appropriate trauma-informed practices. One of the reasons we learn English in school is because our primary language is often PA Dutch or Swiss Dutch. We learn High German because our Bibles are written in High German. The long-term effects of having English as a second language with the combination of educational deprivation results in people having difficulties in escaping if they wish to. Some people report difficulties in finding jobs. Others may experience difficulties in receiving an education that could potentially fill the gaps that were missed in many Amish schools. It can affect our ability to access resources due to the fact that we may not understand what resources exist or how to obtain access to them or even where to access them. We may not even know what resources to look for. When it comes to legal terms, we may not necessarily understand what basic legal terms mean. For example, a Miranda warning may not make sense. Someone asking us for her ID may not make sense. Experiencing deprivation of information and English as a second language may also hinder your ability to access appropriate medical care or communicate about medical care with your providers in a way that makes sense to you. We may not know that specialty care such as OBGYNs exists. The ability to advocate for appropriate medical care for ourselves may also be deterred by the indoctrination to believe that men are the ultimate authority over our lives and our bodies. Many of us may not know that birth control exists or that there are safe sex practices. When it comes to creating connections with other people, we may struggle to maintain interpersonal relationships. We are not the same culture as the rest of the USA. We do not have the same information available to us in order to begin creating meaningful connections. It can take a lot of work 
and it may feel as if we're always steps behind where our peers are when we attempt to make connections outside of the culture. With that being said, let me share with you some of my experiences. I had no idea what an ID was the first time that I was asked for my identification. The, I had had to call law enforcement and report a crime. And when law enforcement came out, they asked me for my ID. And I just kind of looked at them. I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, your identification. I'm like, I don't understand. What is this? Further, my friend had to write letters for me that vouch for my identity in order for me to begin obtaining my birth certificate and my social security number. I couldn't get any ID until I had those items. You can't get a job without those items in most places. And when I went to try to obtain my GED, my HSED, I had an assessment and I had tutoring to bring certain skills up to par to be able to even sit for the exam. I applied for a program for youth that helped me write a resume and a cover letter. They taught me how to apply for a job. They also taught me appropriate ways to dress for a job interview and practice job interviews with me. Some other people taught me how to drive a car and helped me get my driver's license. Additionally, a mentor talked to me about medical care taught me how to access medical care and communicate with medical providers in regards to my needs in order to access the medical care that I needed. I didn't know how to open a bank account or that I could even open a bank account without a man overseeing my money. My friend helped me navigate this when I finally received my ID and could open a bank account. This was critical as I had no idea how to complete any of these tasks or the knowledge needed to do so. When you are raised in an environment that teaches you that you are the property of a man who will dictate the details of your life, you may believe that men can tell you what your value is. In making connections with others, I've experienced many people who want a token Amish friend. The stereotypical viewpoint is that I must know how to cook, clean, bake, garden, sew, preserve food, and be a homemaker. This means people often want and expect me to teach them these things, and it makes it difficult to form meaningful connections. In addition, many people feel entitled to know why I left. People also make assumptions about why I left. The two most common questions are, did you leave on Rumspringa? And I'm here to tell you that Rumspringa, as the secular world defines it, does not exist. It's a myth that's good for branding, often put out by the leaders and promoted by the secular world as something that it's not. Please go watch the panel on Rumspringa on the Misfit Amish website, on YouTube and Facebook and website. And the other question is, why did you leave? So if I share why I left, people typically respond with, but you learned all these good things, or isn't there something good you can say about the culture? 
It's like you asked me why did I leave and I told you that I had left because of the CSA that I experienced and that was happening inside of the culture. And this is your response? That I must now have something good for you. Completely inappropriate and unhelpful and really a barrier to even begin to have authentic conversations. And lastly, in regards to forming connections with others, I myself am to this day a little pop culture impaired. I have no idea what movie reference it may be about 90% of the time. I don't get common cultural references that people in the secular world use to form connections. It can get disheartening and isolating for many who experience this. The bottom line is, Educational deprivation may affect you in a wide variety of ways and can include things you may not necessarily know when you first escape. The secular world is like a different country when we first escape. And until we know information, we can't begin to have bodily autonomy and self-actualization. I'd invite you to learn more, elevate the voices of survivors, become active in spreading awareness, and go sign the petition in the link. It's on all platforms. I have provided a list of resources as well. Let me show you those. Here we go. I don't know if anybody can read that, but there it is. Um, I can add that to a comment on all of the videos so everybody can has access to these resources um, that these are resources that we suggest as a beginning to further educate yourself when you elevate the voices of Amish survivors you are supporting our ability to speak against all odds especially when some in academic circles have written the Amish father or another male family member, such as an uncle or grandfather, will be central to all discussions and decisions. The Amish mother will be unlikely to engage with the worker, both because of male-female roles as well as familiarity with the English language. Harder, 2021. And I'm here to tell you that, on the contrary, Amish women are capable of speaking for ourselves. We have powerful voices and we know how to use them. Thank you. That concludes the talk about education that I have given. Um, thank you all for being here. I appreciate each and every one of you. Hey, Jessica, do you all have any questions for me? Because I'm, I'm, uh, y'all are getting a, a moment to ask me questions. If you would like. I, I'm just saying. Anybody? But here's the thing. It's like when we... Um, don't have appropriate access to information. Information can be welded as a weapon. And we really have to find a way to elevate the voices of people who are able to openly speak about what it was like. We really do. Thank you for listening. 
I hope everybody has a good one. And since there's no questions, we're just going to go ahead and sign off.